welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into the round 12 preview. It is 9.06pm. We finally started recording after Jared and I have been each other for half an hour. Um, this is the Six Again podcast. I'm sitting here in my Origin jersey because even though Newcastle beat Manly and I'm a Manly supporter and Jared's a Newcastle supporter and I'm meant to be sitting here wearing a Knights jersey, Jared forgot. So I've got a Knights background and I know we've been slack uploading YouTube videos. It takes a long time. Um, So I've got a Knights background. I'm sitting here in an Origin jersey. I'm ready to make more friends and ready for Jared to lose some because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be more popular with winning most of the arguments. People are stupid. And we'll eventually get to all the stuff going on. Um, I'd usually say, obviously, the headlining things is the Origin teams being dropped, and we'll spend a fair bit of time on that, I'm sure. But there has been a lot of, let's say, stuff, because not a whole lot of it's been confirmed yet going on off the field that we'll definitely spend some time on. Um, There's been some signings. There's been some player transfers. um, There's been some really funny comments that I saw. Um, we get to talk about two of our favourite people in Paul Cunt, uh, Kent and um, James Hooper. <laughs> and and for you youngsters growing up and wanting to get jobs, it shows the um, power that brown nosing has because um, they're still employed. So <laughs> we'll talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, like I said, it's 9.07pm. I'm sitting here two vodkas deep and a little overtired um, after my daughter's third birthday yesterday, which was in, extremely enjoyable, actually. My name's Adam. Yeah, I'm Jared. I'm very, very tired because I drove from Gympie to Gladstone on Saturday morning for um, Kalisha's brother's engagement party to the wonderful Caitlin. She's they're great. They're going to get married. I think it's June next year. It's a really good night. Um, I don't recommend Gladstone to anybody, but it is what it is. And then we drove home yesterday and got home about, I think it was seven o'clock last night. And then, I don't know, no, it was well, I watched the Newcastle game. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon, but it, by the time I got everything done, it was about seven o'clock last night. And that's why we didn't record last night because Jarrah was a bit tired after his drive. Yeah, and then went to work today and here we are and we're supposed to get the podcast started earlier stuff came up and then me and adam sat here let's call it a debate for about 45 minutes we were were mass debating but only with two of us (laughs) you child Ah. um so should we get cracking get straight into it eh yeah all right um we will be back with our off the ruck segment which is everything happening off the field in rugby we want to start this segment with a shout out to twitter handle you're simply the best um really insightful conversation i had with this this guy on twitter last night and um big big blandies and hooper and kent supporter so we got along just fine um some really interesting stuff going on there if you want to check it out but we're going to start with <laughs> some comments that have popped up that I found funny um, or not funny also, just insightful. And we talked a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I think, about 
the Brisbane Broncos' odd recruitment strategy in letting players such as Sam Walker and Reese Walsh slip through their fingers. And Scott Bailey, great follow on Twitter, behind the scenes, analytics, but also gets some real um, little nuggets of information. Uh, Reese Walsh said this week that he left the Broncos because Kevin Walters didn't think he was ready for NRL and Jermaine Asako was ahead of him at fullback. The Warriors moved a Dally M and Golden Boot winner in Roger Tuovasashek to the wing to play Walsh at, Walsh at fullback. But the Broncos didn't let that sink in. And that was the, uh, the tweet. And we've talked about the, the different circumstances there, of course, is Tuovasashek's moving on at the end of the season. Um, if he was staying on, for years to come, you'd expect him to stay at fullback. However, I do believe Reese Walsh would still be in that team. It would most likely be in the 5'8 position. But it is a sign of the point of difference of both, both clubs. And that sort of decision a couple of years ago, you'd expect to be reversed. Would you say, Jared, with how the clubs nah. have been run in the past? No, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of moving... Um, Reese Walsh over to Avasa Shek to the fullback position. <laughs> Adam's looking at me funny. So no, no, but I'm saying to keep a talent like that, you do as much as you could to keep them. Yes, but see, the thing about it is that there's not an atmosphere at the Broncos to want to stay. So I actually had this conversation with my partner in the weekend watching Melbourne play. I think it was on Friday night. And they had a debutante. I um, can't remember his name. Well, I think he might have played. Oh, he's only played a few games. He played, it was, it was a 26-year-old debutante or something like that. He was older than usual. And my partner just turned around and went, oh, look, they, they seem to debut a lot of older guys, like older than usual. I went, yeah, because people want to stay in the systems at Melbourne. So they're prepared to play reserve grade, learn in I the Melbourne about Aaron system. Booth. Yeah. Learn in the Melbourne system for a, a bit longer than normal instead of pushing for an NRL spot because they're going to be better players when they come through it. Broncos, that's what they used to be. People were prepared to wait it out to crack that team if they were good enough. Whereas now, they're not prepared to wait it out. Um, I believe that Wayne Bennett probably would have told Reese Walsh the same thing, that he's probably not ready and yada, yada, yada. Because let's face it, yeah, good. he's a great at attack, but he's terribly def- terrible in defence. Um, he's made a lot of defensive decisions that probably cost Warriors a few tries. And, yeah, I... I, I I honestly believe Walters probably told him the wrong thing. He probably wasn't ready in that regard in his game. And he, instead of him trying to tough it out, um, he went, he heard from Nathan Brown that he'll give you a starting spot, went straight away where I think he would have stayed a few years ago if Warriors mm-hmm. offered it under Wayne Bennett. Back in See, Broncos this payday. is like in an alternate reality, I wish I was the owner of a club and you were the owner of a club because I would pillage your club for talent. Not, a, not, but that's my point. If you're Melbourne now and Brisbane 20 years ago, my, my talent wouldn't leave. That's what I'm trying to say. They would choose to say it. I really, I really don't want to take you down right now. Cause I just brought up Aaron Booth's profile. So I'm not going to, but oh, how old is he? 
No, he only signed with Melbourne last year. Ah. He's already debuting. Look, there, there is a lot of <laughs> older debutants at Melbourne. Shut up. You know I'm right. No. Um, I, I, I've i said in the past, I'll say it again now, the hardest thing to have at your club is elite talent. And you've seen, yes, I agree with you, Reese Walsh has a fair few defensive deficiencies that he needs to get out of his game. But what he has shown already in attack in five games um, has more attacking flair, talent, um, decision-making and reading for the game than the Bulldogs' entire backline has shown all season <laughs> together. And that's including origin players. Like, this kid is a bona fide star. That sort of talent level, you do not let leave your club. You say, no, you can't play fullback right now because for some reason we're going to keep Jermaine Asako there for a bit longer. But we'll upgrade your contract for Q Cup. You'll be on $400,000 because we want to keep you so much at our club and you'll be fullback next year when we reshuffle our back line around Katoni Stag because we've already signed him. You move and shift your team based on the elite talent you have and do everything you can to ensure they're put in their best position to succeed because they're the ones who are going to win the game for you, not your steady fullback who's holding the fort for now. It's the elite talent that when you, it'd be like, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. Letting him go and making the decisions to keep other players there is the wrong one. And he's showing it already. Unless something huge changes next year at the Broncos with the Sarko's development, he's a good player. He's a good player. I've talked about him before, but he's not. He doesn't have those X-factor qualities that Walsh has already shown. And I'm sure Broncos supporters would have much preferred to keep him at the club in some capacity. Um, right, so, comments coming out of uh, the Warriors. All right. So this guy has shown brilliance. I'll give you that. But. By no means got, is a finished product. People got to calm the fuck down. I know, but you want, I would prefer. I've talked about Tom Wright leaving Manly. Um, I would He's have preferred back. us. Huh? He's coming back. I wish. Um, to no, honestly, he's coming back to league. Not necessarily manly, but he's coming back to league. That'd be cool. Um, he didn't play many games for manly, but there was aspects of his game, his ball running ability um, to be able to see gaps, to be able to take advantage of situations. That there was no one else at that club at the time was been able to do that. But they made the decision to allow him to leave to sign other players who are more of your stock standard safer options. And who did they sign when they let him go though? No, oh, anyone over the two years past that. I don't know. They re-signed Katoni Staggs and signed. No, no, no. I'm talking no, no, no. I was talking about um when Manly let Tom Wright go. Sorry. Oh no, but um, but we, we we've re Broncos well, brought in McCulloch. They signed um they got rid of McCulloch. Yeah, I know, but then they brought him back and then let and him then go. They got rid of him again. Um, who else have they gone this year? They gave, oh, they let Fafita go. Um, has Pangari signed? I don't know. Yeah, um, so, but the, 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 they let Pink, they let Fafita go, which was that wasn't a mistake by them. That was that was just a lot of money at Gold Coast. Yeah, they should. Um, it. Yeah, probably they should. That that was a that that probably didn't have the money at that time. 
because they would have still had to pay Milford this year. The only reason they got Reynolds is because they're getting rid of Milford next year. Yeah, no, no. with Reese Walsh, you do they ma- to hold hold on to him. They made a recruitment decision that every club in the competition makes. Oh yeah, of course they do. But like right now, that right now they have Newcastle. You if go. they actually kept all their local talent, would have Pangai, Haas, and the Safidi twins in one team. Yeah, but were Pangai and Haas showing that at that time? Yes, because. Pangai was real level. What? No, well, Reese Walsh wasn't. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, that's true. He wasn't showing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just everyone makes recruitment decisions. We've talked about Cowboys with Kikau in the past, and that was a that was so obvious to to resign like that, and then they're letting Pongo in the hope to um keep their premiership window alive. At the time, in reflection, it was a bad decision. At the time. Round about the same time they let him go, they actually won a premiership. Mm-hmm. So at the time, it was a great decision. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. So maybe I'm looking at it from a more cutthroat position, but it takes so all, long to get all to I'm the top that, that you want to look at sustained, sustained success. Um, the amount of clubs who miss out on talent. Parramatta said no to Darren Lockyer. Yeah, but Lockyer wasn't in their system. Yes, he was. Lockyer in Parramatta's system? Yes. Well, I didn't know that. Sorry for anyone who said that's... Yeah, so Parramatta, he went to Parramatta um, and trained and done a little trial stuff, and they said no. Training the trial is different to being brought up. But it's still a recruitment decision that they made that failed. Um, Look at Brisbane with losing Smith, Slater and Cronk. Look at, like I said, Newcastle, Payne, Haas, and Pangai. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. Those other ones that you mentioned were in the Brisbane comp. But yeah, but like they weren't Smith in the Brisbane. Had a meeting signed, with Wayne they Bennett. were never signed to the Brisbane Broncos system. They were just playing in the same comp as some of the other players. So they had more yeah, wins. That's different. Cameron Smith had a decision to make when he was, I think he was 17 or 18. He went to Melbourne one day. And he went to Broncos the other day. Broncos didn't sell him well enough. Because he met okay. with Bennett. Now, now, now you're going down a different path. So we're going to go for it. It's different to selling and saying, come to our club. It's different to when they're actually in your club and they choose to leave because you haven't done enough to keep them there. No, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have let him go. Safe. But it, it was interesting to see him come out and say that anyway. Um, moving on, second one, Nick Comp- Campton. On Twitter, I love this one. This was Ben Trebojevic was meant to make his debut on the weekend uh-huh. um, against Newcastle. Didn't end up doing it. But uh, Nick Campton tweeted, oh, sorry, yeah, in the last, like, what, eight minutes or something. He got knocked um, out too. Yeah. So Nick Campton said, Origin 2, 2017. I was in a regular seat at ANZ Stadium because the press box was full. So Nick Campton does online uh, regular journalism. Had my laptop out to write stuff about the game. And Ben Trebojevic, sitting two seats away, kept saying to his mate, what kind of nerd brings his computer to the footy? And then he said underneath, hope he goes well today. So I thought that was um, pretty funny to show what 2017, um, 
Ben Treboy was just, just sitting in general admission seating, watching Origin the same as this journalist did because oh. the press box was full and he had to sit out there. And he's, I actually he's, felt he's, sorry and, for him. What nerd brought his laptop to the footy? I think that was freaking hilarious. And then uh, love the fact underneath, he said, hope he goes well today. I um, I actually felt sorry for him the other, on the weekend. So he got his first run and the poor bastard runs at David Clemmer. <laughs> he got the shoulder to the head and had oh, him done. <laughs> Bloody hell. Let's go, Clemmer. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. So we'll probably come back to this in the uh, Newcastle Manly game. This is going to be the most brief wrap-up of games we do all year because we have to get to all the Origin stuff, of course. Um, I believe Des Hasler, after his press conference, rang Andrew Abdo straight away. Oh, sorry, rang Graham Adnersley straight away after his press conference. Um, because if you haven't seen... The Hasler press Oof. conference. Uh, he, he's very dry at restrained. the best of times. Restrained at the best of times. And if you didn't see the Manly Newcastle game, you didn't miss much. It wasn't the best quality, highest quality game to watch. But there was a 9-1 penalty count to Newcastle. Manly's penalty came in the last, was it 15, so 10 minutes? It was minutes when Ben Trebojevic got knocked out. So, yeah. Yeah, so in the last 10 minutes. And then a tweet came out after the game that in home games this year, Newcastle penalties is 27 to their opponents too, or something like that. So it's it it quite a big, big one. Manly had two Simbind. Um, Newcastle had one. It was three, six against to one, or was it two? There wasn't a lot. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, Hasler said, it's very difficult with a 9-0 penalty count. I think we got our first one in the last 11 seconds, rah, rah, rah. Ben Cummins is a much better referee than that. A much better referee than that. First of all, there's an issue there. The fact we couldn't buy some retribution as far as field position was concerned. Um, ah, la, 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 la. Where is it here? This is the one where he did make a point. We talked about this last night. Um, this was Marty Tapao got Sinbin for a shoulder to the head. Um, fine, Sinbin, cool, if that's what the rule is. Uh, Tyson Frizzell did the exact same thing the other way. He was put on report but wasn't sent in, whereas the Manly one was taken back for tackles, which we both agree is not the right way to do yeah, it. it's crap. That, that was crap. But the end of it, he goes, oh, I'm trying to find the actual quote here. Well done to Newcastle. They got the two points, but they were ably assisted. Let's be honest in relation to that. <laughs> and now Hasler said it. He was like, it was a... Well done to Newcastle. Uh, they got the two points, but they were um, ably assisted. <laughs> it was just like... <laughs> and then he rang up and uh, supposedly talked to Graham Annesley about it afterwards. But if anyone but has... Okay. Can you imagine Ricky Stewart saying that? Yeah. It would have been just a fit of rage. But how has yeah. it? It was just hilarious. To watch. He'll get in trouble, um, obviously. He'll get a fine for it. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't come out. He has got a $10,000 fine, to be honest. But... And this, this goes back to, I actually copped a bit of criticism a couple of weeks ago because I had a go at Ricky Stewart for only defending his team and then forgetting mm. about it the next week when it benefited his team. Mm. So Adam brought up the um, Marty Tapao, which i got to say was hilarious because he got put on his ass by Daniel mm. Safidi and then he got Simbin four minutes later. <laughs> yeah. But even I agree. Tyson going, what the hell is going on? Yeah, Tyson Frizzell should have got Simbin. 
But actually, can I, I told Adam that neither of them should have been Sinbin. I just well, want an audit for well, both. This is where I'm going with it. Consistency, they both should have got Sinbin with what's been happening with the neurons. And Adam mentioned that, yes, they should have been. If Des Hasler wanted to go with, what do you say, like with the new rules and all that kind of stuff, that why didn't Tyson Frizzell get Sinbin? Mm. If you actually watch the game, and I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, but I told you to mm. watch this game, Sean Kepi Sinbin mm. should have been sent off. Basing it on consistency mm. because he there's a kicker, he hit him late, shoulder flushed to the face, and his head got so much whiplash, his blonde hair went to the other side of the field on little Phoenix Crossland. So if Des Hauser wants to talk about consistency, he's got to go back on that because the reality of it is that by the looks of it, the referees have actually loosened the rules compared to Magic Round. Because if you, if you compare that hit to when Pappenhausen got knocked out by Fui Myono, who I think he got four weeks for it, it's close to the same hit. The only difference was Crossland. 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 Crappy on Crossland. Just YouTube it if it comes up. Um, so for me, consistency goes both ways. And like I said, NRL has swings and roundabouts in the game. Um, <laughs> something goes bad against you, it happens. Something goes good. Something will go good for you. Hasler did say, yeah, we were cruising at 10 0, but we're, we were ill disciplined, which let. Um, Newcastle back into the game because Newcastle scored their two tries uh, when there were 12 players on the field. So he did say that. So he did call out that it was... And watching it, Manly had enough chances to win regardless. Well, see, um, but that, that, that was, that's what annoys me about the whole thing. If He he said that. He said that as well. No, no, no. But, like, you can't complain about Newcastle getting let off when Manly got let off. I, I can't even, and that's my it's point. It's not even coming up, so it can't have been that bad. Oh, it, it was, it was bad. They were showing Is the one even... where the Tavita Funa came through and hit him in the air. No, that 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 was more blown up than the Kepi one. I think the Kepi one was bad. It worked anyway. So that was funny to hear. Um, that was one of the comments. But this one, and this is going to snowball into a whole bunch of things. Um, so. Andrew Webster, I saw it from Andrew Webster's tweet on Twitter. He put out that Danny Wilder had written a column in that there is a group of senior players around the league and um, who are more than upset with how the rollout of rules have happened this year, but more specifically the fact that players have been the group that have been consulted the least. And while... It said in the article that they're pushing for Abdo to be, uh, not Abdo, sorry, Vlandis uh, to be removed from his post. I think that aspect seems a bit far-fetched based on other corresponding articles, but there is definitely significant unrest in the playing group, um, especially with regards to the Rugby League Player Association, that all of these changes to their workplace and, and what they're showing up to is occurring without their consult or con- cons- uh, without their input. The feedback from the NRL or the hit back from the NRL is that there are two players on the board, but two players do not uh, represent the entire playing community, rah, rah, rah. So 
Wadler put out that there are senior players, um, high-profile players that will be involved in Origin Camp or will be spending State of Origin Camp time to come up with a way to best respond to the NRL with action moving forward and that they have the backing of the Rugby League's Player Association. Now, that seems pretty far-fetched to start with. So then I cross-referenced it with another article uh, from a different paper who uh, the author of that one said that they were hearing not the exact same things, but were asking questions of how does a commissioner get removed from their post, which the journalist has said he's never heard those questions before. So there seems to be some similarities league-wide between players and their distaste with how things are occurring and the fact that they've been expected to change how they go about things, respond to a brand new game with little consult of the change to start with. What this leads to is this was brought up on NRL, on Fox League, sorry. Lara Pitt was bringing this up as a talking point on the panel with Braithen Astor, Hooper, and oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'll have a look here. Ennis. Ennis. But Ennis. all she's doing is bringing it up as a topic. And literally five or six, six seconds in, James Hooper goes, Lara, 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 don't try to hijack the showpiece here. Completely cuts her off, shuts her down, saying this story has nothing and won't even get off the ground. Literally like four hours after that, it's on like four different media channels and three different papers. But anyway, um, there was a huge... Um, outcry on social media, the fact that this is, what's this, the second or third time if you include the Josh Hodgson stuff where someone's gone against Hooper's word on an article or whatever and he's blown up like this straight away. Um, it was just unprofessional. Credit to Lara Pitt, though. She took it so professionally. She just didn't retort, didn't fight back, let Hooper have his piece as he is want to do and uh, moved on from there. But literally the next day, this has popped up on the, in the Herald and popped up in the Korean Mail and they're not like the most respectable, we know that. But when people like um, Dan Bailey start talking about it as well, that aren't associated with the mainstream media, you know, it's got something behind it. So I think this is a, it's smoke at the moment, whether this turns to a fire or not will be, Interesting to say the least. Yeah, yeah, look. It will have to come up like more in depth about how the players would change it before I'd really comment. Um, and I, I, I hate it's, saying it, this, the, but... the main purpose is that they're uncomfortable with the amount of changes that have happened in a short period of time without consultation. And they're the ones most affected by this out of everybody. Because they're the ones who have to go out and implement these changes on the spot. And without them, none of these other people have jobs and we've got nothing to watch. So, but what, 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 what do you expect they're going to do? I know I said what a lot. What do you expect? Fuck. They're, they're, their motivation is going to come in how we can win. They're not going to go for the best of the game. They're going to change. They're going to want to rule change to best suit their team. And 
they yeah. weren't consulted, but players, what, players what, what, what were they expecting? No. What were they expecting the NRL to come back with if they said no to something? Like, were they going to go, the NRL going to go, ah, oh, sorry, guys, we won't put it in there. Yeah. Well, no. But maybe because, not, but at least they have a voice. Yeah, but if they were wrong, if they, if they say, I don't want it, and it gets put in anyway, we're going to be back to where we are now. Instead of saying we don't have any consultant, we don't have any ability to consult on what the rules are, they're going to go, they consulted us, but they didn't listen to us anyway. Yeah, but even if they have a voice and the NRL don't agree with it and go go away from what they said, they're still going to bitch and whine about it like they are doing now. It would be... Literally, if you walked into your workplace tomorrow and a mass change had occurred without you having any knowledge of it, it's going to impact how you go about things. You'd at least want to have been consulted on it beforehand, wouldn't you? Well, unless you, you literally don't care about how you work. Obviously, it hasn't. You haven't met my work, but no, I haven't. But <laughs> I'm just putting it in the situation. No, no. See, it's a big, the thing about a big it difference is, with you... having a say, allowing your say to be heard. If they disregard it. Um, it's a different argument afterwards. If it happens without even your consult, when you're the most important people in this whole thing, but, I, I, I'd be pretty... But, but you said there's, it changes it if they disregard it. If, if right now Cherry Evans was going, look, they called me in for a meeting with, say, James Tedesco, New South Wales captain. Yeah. Um, Who's another Boyd Cordner, Australian captain, yeah. um, Roger Tuivasa, Czech, Dalian, winner, legend, you know, um, reputation's not in any repute at all. Yeah, yeah. Repute. I get what you're saying. And then they came back and said, We recommend this, and they didn't listen to us. We're going to have a look at ousting them, ousting the CEO because they didn't listen to us, even though we don't like the rules. How, how I don't understand the difference right now. If they listen to them, if they didn't, I, because, like I said, we're going to be back where we are right now. Well, one, it wouldn't just be those four. It'd be them representing the entire players' association, which wasn't consulted as well. But, but, but that's my point. Like, it does. I, I threw them as a as a wide option of players. I yeah, would I consider to be the leader know, of the current crop, regardless which four it is they would be there representing the players association, not just themselves as four players. No, but I, I, I did, I, I meant that. Okay. But my point is that if they're disregarded and because we all know what Volandis is like, he's just going to do it. And that's what he's yeah. proven. He's a, he's a and crash attitude. And if that's, the, idiot, that's, the, street, that's the and issue. And that doesn't work. But if he went through the rigmarole of asking people and stuff like that, which we both know he doesn't do. But if he did do that and he asked the players and disregarded or ask any stakeholder, ask the coaches, ask the um, media, ask that, and then disregarded Then he'd be doing his... Mm. And then just went, ah, you're rolling, and just kept going the way you wanted to. He'd look even uh, worse, but then people would get a say. But I don't see the difference. I, I don't see... Because no matter who gets... Um, disregarded, if you get disregarded in that conversation, you're going to come out and we all know what the media is like. I said this and they, and they didn't listen to me. 
it's still going to be the exact same conversation. I don't no. see the difference. The difference would be these rules were put in. Everyone at the table had an opinion on it. And this was the most um, balanced approach moving forward. He could come out and say that. And then the others could say, whereas now it is, I think this is what's best for the games. This is what's going to happen when he doesn't. And these changes weren't made for best for the game. These were made to save. Well, when, when, sorry, when we're talking about rule changes, yeah, we'll see if they're best for the game. That's going to take time. The safety things, we know that there's, there's other stuff involved because they've come out and said it now. But his crash, crash, crash approach works on the administrative side of things. I'll give him that. He did an awesome job. We touted him and we said everything is doing awesome as you get the game up and running again. That's all administration stuff. He should not have any input whatsoever into how the actual game is played. That's outside his expertise. That's your head of football. That's your players association. That's your coaches association. That's your referees association. His job as an administrator is this is the data. This is what the public are saying about our game. This is what the health authorities are saying about our game. You guys are the ones playing, officiating and coaching the game. Come forward with some ideas of how to increase safety, um, decrease stoppages, rah, rah, rah. Because they're the ones who actually have to go out and do it. They come up with their best. It goes back to them. They either check off on it saying, this needs more work, rah, rah, You don't just go, oh, this sounds like a good idea because an, a fan emailed it in and I like the sound of that, which is the 20, uh, the two-point field goal, um, without consultation with the actual people going out to do it. You ask what the players could do from here on in. Their contracts state that they're playing the rugby game of rugby league for this much money for this many years, rah, rah, rah before all this stuff comes in, they could go back and say, this is a different work environment to what we signed up to because I feel as though these rule changes increase the chance of me getting injured based on an increased fatigue level. If they get someone to back that up, they could sit out, still get their paycheck and just hold out until things are changed. They'd be well within their rights to do so. It's happened in sports all around the world. They won't. I don't know. Uh, they could. They may not, they may, but they were within the rights to do so. And uh, I that, don't think that I many fans would miss it. I think increased fatigue level is a very weak surfboard you're on there. No, well, the NRL doesn't have a foot to stand on because they said these rules were brought in to increase fatigue. And then literally last week, they said there hasn't been an increase in fatigue. I, I, look, I get that. I get that. I get that. So they've that, got no foot to stand on there. They, they, my... <laughs> The players are the most won't do that. In this. They will not win that either because fatigue can be measured game by game. You I, use that as, I use that as one example. I'm just, no, saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying what a lawyer would say because I'm an expert. Um, a fit, fatigue can get based on game. Like you're getting paid 20 grand to play Origin. Fatigue is going to be huge in that. You get paid the same amount of money you get every week, but say if you're a mid-level team, say, well, Newcastle, they play Pembroke. Their fatigue levels are going to be a lot higher playing Pembroke than they are against playing Bulldogs. So oh, fatigue I, levels, I don't think this has anything to do with the opposition. By the you play be, the quality of the opposition. You'd be looking at, you could take those same teams and take it back two years. That's what they do. They'd look at the comparison yeah, before but, and after. But it, 
the fatigue levels very, very, very. Yeah, I know. I'm just, contrary. I was using that as one example. It's going to be interesting to see moving forward. To me, the biggest, so here's a couple of things that um, respond and the toxic environment, it's coming up. Supposedly, for two years, Abdo has been working on getting a behind the scenes documentary similar to The Last Dance, like we saw with uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls happening around State of Origin. Um, the relationship between the Players Association and NRL right now is that the Players Association just went, yeah, that's not happening right now. Um, one, you can see why the NRL wants to do it. It'd be a huge ratings grab. It's a money grab. Yes, it would be very interesting to see what it's like behind the scenes at State of Origin. I'd watch it. The majority of NRL fans would watch it. But we know at the end of the day, it's got nothing to do with learning anything about it. It's pure entertainment. And the Players Association literally just came out and Clint Newton said, we found out about this a week ago. Abdo's come out and said he's been working on it for over two years. Um, that's where the relationship's at. If there's something this big of a deal in the works, you'd expect both parties to have a greater, nah, not insight, but uh, a, a quality or, or um, working relationship based around something this big. So it would be incredible to watch. It would be. Um, with with the rugby league players session saying no, it's we're not doing you any favors right now because you've thrown us under the bus enough this year. Yes, you worked with us very well last year, but the players have sacrificed more than anyone else in the game. And now that you've got the thing back up and running, um, you're prancing us out there as show ponies in a completely different environment to get your money's worth. That's great, but maybe you should consult us beforehand. Um. Two questions with that. Mm -hmm. How much is the players' association actually done for the players? Um, and because every time I hear them in the media, they lose. Um, yeah. and do you really? Players' think associations good... don't usually have a lot of power at the bargaining table. No, side of a side of a strike or a lockout. And I, uh, all the more power to him, but like. If you're if you're putting odds in a debate between Clint Newton and Peter Volandis, with the experience and background they've got, who's going to win that battle? And two, yeah. another another thing is, I don't know. I'd like to see Volandis run a league. Are you, players. Oh yeah, but that's a that's you can that always replace Volandis. That, that that actually comes to my next point. Um, who 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 do you think? Who do you think should be dictating how the game is run? Players who have got a temporary shelf life actually playing or administrators and professionals who are actually going to be there for longer than an average of, what, 80 games? Um, what, do you mean, what do you mean running the game? Well, oh, okay. So I, rules these, these, these players, these players, if... They they've got a temporary shelf life, and of course they do. So do all. I don't. I don't hundred percent agree with um, players making shots because what they're, they're they, the making... average age, the oldest one they've got is what thirty six. Jared, they're not making shots. The point of it, they need to be consulted because they're more important in this but overall. Not the players right now. Not the players. I don't think yes, they are more important tomorrow. They pay the that. 
them and their product that they run around and play is what pays the checks of the admin. Without them, there's no yes, TV right. There's no money. They're, they're all. There's no sport. The thing that's the the thing that sport has proven over a long period of time is there's always next man up. There is. That's the same in administration. Look, as well. I want Volandis to stay on in rugby league. I just want him to have nothing to do with the actual product on the field. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he's that, so out of touch and doesn't understand the game. I, I just don't think the players like have have got too much of a like I, I don't know what the right word is. Like they're just. They don't have the experience to be trying to. They're be not trying to to be consulted. They want to be consulted. That's what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have the experience to come up with that much of a. I'm not the biggest fan of this. I don't think that the players should be. I think the players should be told. To be honest. So you think like all all um, employees should just be told what to do, have no say in their working conditions, and just do what their bosses tell them to do without any questioning no you look that's, that, that's a very no i just don't think these players like they're they're, they're there to play football they're not there to you're, you're here to, the work. You're not here to make decisions yeah no i don't think it's as, like as downright i don't i don't want to watch q cow for new south wales cup level players the footy that we're watching isn't as skillful as what we've seen in the past because it makes it easier for average players to do well because it's just, it just is right now. That's why you've seen such beltings between the top and the bottom teams. They've made it predictable. It's open. It's just. It's not predictable. It is predictable. Uh, I'm, I'm, when 70% set on, of the favourites win, it's predictable. Like, like I said to you before the podcast, you won't know about these rule changes for another five years. You actually got to give them a chance to work. Before you start complaining, they've had such the, a small. Jared, the NRL form. hasn't given them. The NRL hasn't given them a chance for it. They've changed. They changed the six again rule after six weeks after the coaches adapted to it. Then they changed. Yeah, but, it. Yeah, but that's it's going to keep changing it. They're going to keep changing it. But I just don't agree that like it's too much of a sample size to start trying to dictate it. I, it's, it's too small of a time period. I don't. I don't see comes back why can't they the give thing. it a chance? Comes back to the thing. Consult at the start, get it right the first time, and then don't worry about it. Because they that, but that's the point. They never get it right. There's so many stakeholders in rugby league who's going to be against something. You'll yeah. never get anything right in rugby league to everybody. Ever. I know that. I just want so, the right people. But then you say get it right as such a broad on. statement. It's not. You will never get it right. No, and that's the issue. That's that's what it comes down to. Rugby league fans are so divided over every single little thing that no matter what the NRL do, some stakeholder is going to complain about it. Sorry, I'd say they're pretty united right now, and the fans are the biggest stakeholder. I'll fight them all. (laughs) Jack DeBellin made his uh, return to rugby league over the weekend. Uh, Probably be in St George lineup next week. So he got through forty-five minutes, sucked the ball three times in his first set. Looked gas, but um, was breaking the line in his second stint. Um, that'll be interesting to see moving forward. Um, looking at St George's forward pack, you'd get in pretty quickly, you'd assume. Um, other things that are happening off the field. I won't even bring up that one, eh? Um, that takes us to signings and... Transfers. So let's go to the signings first. So West Tigers have signed Oliver 
Um, Gildart from Wigan on a two-year deal starting in 2022. So the latest English outside back giving the NRL a crack. And this guy comes pretty highly rated as have the couple of the last couple that we've talked about. Uh, Gildart has played 129 matches for Wigan, uh, scoring 61 tries. He's won the 2016 and 20, uh, 2016 title and 2017 World Club Challenge with Wigan. Uh, he's made his England debut in 2018, um, where he's played three games and scored a try. He's 183 centimetres, 85 kilos. Um, two grand final wins, 2016-18, two World Club Challenge matches. So a very highly rated outside back. He'll be joining the Tigers as well as Wigan teammate Jackson Hastings at the Tigers next year. So um, if he can have even a quarter of the impact um, Hanley had back in the day, the West Tigers will be happy with that. Um, Gareth Ellis, obviously their late, their most recent English import, but it seems as though in the most recent history of the NRL that English forwards have had a great impact in the back, so this will be interesting. Um, Brenko Lee has signed on with the Broncos from 2022 onwards for two years, and Broncos have also re-signed David Mead on extension for a further year, as well as Tiu Rabadi and Selwyn Cobbo um, to uh, let's have a look, Rabadi till the end of 2024 and Cobo till the end of 2023. He's an 18-year-old uh, outside back. Uh, Mitchell Moses has re-signed at Parramatta till the end of 2024, where as well as Ryan Madison picking up his player option for 2022. So good news there for the Parramatta club, holding on to two of their key pieces. We talked about Will Kennedy and Toby Rudolph re-signing with the Sharks. Now, that brings us to the transfer that we've talked about for a couple of weeks that Jared first brought up. Um, this is looking at that four-way club, five-player switcheroo. Uh, a great tweet put out by NRL Conspiracies that I tagged onto and had a few people uh, clamoring to have a look at their club websites to see if it was true. Um, he put on Dildon, Dearden to the Cowboys, Clifford to, well, sorry, Blake Green retires. Clifford to the Knights, Dearden to the Cowboys, um, Matt Lodge to the Knights, Clemmer to the Broncos. Um, and then I said Billy Walters from the Tigers to the <laughs> Broncos to make way for Israel Flaudiga. And then people were actually checking to see if that was true. It wasn't. <laughs> All we know for now is Tom, Tom Dearden's gone to the Cowboys and Jake Clifford has gone to the Knights. And Clifford was already there for the Knights' manly game. There was a picture of him in the... Yeah, that was cool. Um, crew. <laughs> now, Todd Payton's comments uh, about Jake Clifford, I think, may have highlighted the reason why they've let him go. He couldn't speak highly enough about him as a young man. He's got a lot on his plate. He's had to deal with a lot. But I th think what he was getting at was this was Clifford's call rather than the clubs. I'm assuming that. The club hasn't stated this. But the way Todd Payton was saying the fact that his wife's or partner's 20 weeks pregnant. There's been all of this drama and speculation about things. I, It seemed as though he wants to get down there and get settled before the birth of the baby, um, which will happen before the end of the season. Because I, I spoke last week, it would not be in the Cowboys' best interest to let him go because of how well he's playing and how well the Cowboys are playing right now. And that 
I just don't believe Dearden's of the same quality as Clifford at this stage in their careers, and it's going to be a down step for the Cowboys. He may prove me wrong. I hope he does because Cowboys are kind of my second team, so it's my wife's team. Um, Newcastle's a huge winner out of this because he comes in automatically as their first choice half moving forward. Um, there hasn't been any other movement yet with regards to Matt Lodge or Billy Walters, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear of something in the coming days. You'd be pretty stoked, Jared. Yeah, I he, he I think the best thing, the biggest thing I'm stoked about is that he's going to come with a kicking game. Yes, that's with Newcastle huge. being dearly like I will admit, Crossland did all right on the weekend, but he's got a hell of a boot on him. That Clifford, um, yes. good, good floating oh, bomb, his, which is just gonna bomb. help out. Sorry, his bomb, yeah. So he's gonna be he, he that that part of the game, he's just gonna instantly improve Newcastle. Um, Ed. It will increase uh, when Pierce gets back. Ways. It's going to be a pretty formidable halves pairing if you add Ponga and Braley on the end of that as well. Um, just because you, you know you you got a second option for Pierce to attack at Newcastle, which they've been lacking for a couple of years, will be good. Like Pierce is being essentially by himself mm. um, for a while, so that 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 part will be good. Um, he's just got to link up with. The second row is now. That's that's yeah. I I didn't think anything of that till you just mentioned then. But I I look at that and from a, if I was coach, I would be splitting them on either side of the field because their games are so similar. Neither of them are a run first player. They're both um good kickers. They're both good kickers. They're both good distributors. They're both good controllers. Or Clifford's still learning that. But neither of them are your running take the ball to the line first sort of attacking player. So I wouldn't be surprised if they played one on either side and had Ponga roam between the two and be the link, the 5-8 slash fullback role, as opposed to having, like, obviously they'll have set plays where the halves are together, but it's not your classic um, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, uh, Kieran Foran, Cherry Evans, um, before he left George Williams, Jack White and sort of partnership. Sort of yeah, interesting so, to play together. So... The good thing about this is that we, we we're actually going to have attacking options. So for the last side, well, don't, not even that. Like for the last couple of years, it's just been defensive lines. Okay, where's Pierce? I'm sure Pong is swinging around behind Pierce. That's their thing. Right now, we'll have Braley's kind of gone off the chop because he's just been tackling for no one else's. But you'll have Pierce and Clifford, obviously, and Ponga, but you also have Watson in the middle. Um, which he 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 was the one who we we'll get to it later who really put Manly on their heels in the weekend. Mm. Um, so that we're going to have four points of attack, which is nothing Newcastle has had for such a long time. So it's going to be that that part's going to be interesting um, for the Cowboys. What, what they would not have enjoyed is seeing how well Cronulla have played now that they've taken Jad Townsend out of the team and allowing... <laughs> I didn't even think of Sean Johnson to play together because that wrecked my full round going into Sunday because I was six of six until that game. And Titans have been free scoring points all over the place. Um, we know they couldn't defend, but I honestly didn't see the Sharks being able to put points together that quickly. And those Johnson and Moylan together look pretty damn good. 
And they both oh. do things that Townsend can't do, which is being creative. Um, but Cowboys don't need creativity. They need control. They've got enough creative players. But the fact that Clifford's been playing really well, Dearden's been playing a reserve grade, and Townsend's been benched, um, I'm hoping that Peyton gets the most out of Dearden and the Cowboys keep rolling. But this could be a pretty rough period with them through Origin with a new half and Tamalolo suspended plus a couple of their players in Origin. But we'll see uh, moving forward. All right, we will – that was a pretty long um, segment, so we're going to have a quick break, and we'll be back with hard hits, so casualties, injuries, and suspensions after this quick oh, Jesus. All right, hard hits. We'll start with casualty ward uh, with regards to injuries first because while there's not a massive amount of actual suspensions, there's a hell of a lot of fines. So we'll have a look. So the big ones here is Payne Haas. We'll focus on the state of Origin 1s first. Payne Haas expects, expects to begin running again six days out from Origin 1. So he picked up a knee injury uh, in the game on the weekends. Um, went off in the first half or early in the second half. I know he didn't play the whole game because so he had such a small score on fantasy, but he's going to be going undergoing intensive rehab through state of Origin camp. Uh, and he, along with James Desco, are targeting Thursday's main training session to join the teammates on the paddock, which is this Thursday coming. So just under a week out from the game. Oh. I'd be very curious about um, if the doctors of each individual club... They have to. No, no, no. Find out if, if they ring up and go, okay, who's going to be New South Wales doctor this week? And if there's someone they hate who reckons is shit, they're like, oh, fuck. Don't touch my player. Let me decide what goes on. With well, the club would just say no to them going to camp. They're allowed to do that. Yeah. Just, I wonder if this if that ever happens. Like, oh, fuck, that got shit. Well, we'll talk that with regard when we go to the teams later. But, um, Melbourne Storm doctors have said, yes, they've released Cam Muncy into Origin Camp um, under the pretense that he continues his knee rehab uh, program based on what they've done. Uh, they said he wouldn't be playing next weekend, but there's a chance he'll be right for the Wednesday. Um, Addo Carr and Tedesco are both carrying hip pointer issues, which are extremely painful, um, but not an ongoing injury. They're just, it's, it's like a cork, but uh, a different sort of pain, but that sort of injury. Uh, Cam Munster is still dealing with his foot injury, Liz Frank injury, and when Green was asked if he had a backup 5'8", he said, I don't have one. And I had that issue as well when I was trying to pick my team. Um, Kalen Ponga, Harry Grant, AJ Brimson are all still under injury clouds, but are all adamant they will suit up. So Ponga's groin, Harry Grant hamstring, AJ Brimson knee. Grant looking the most likely to be available. Um, I must have only brought up the origin casualty walks. There's no, there's no mention of other injuries anywhere else. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, who goes this weekend, really? Uh, honestly, let's have a look at charges. So Luciano Leilua is heading to the judiciary to try to avoid suspension on a shoulder charge. If he wins, he's free to play. If he loses, he'll miss two matches. Felice Kafusi is going to the judiciary to, in an attempt to bid to play Origin. Um, he stuck a foot out at Dearden running around. Not Dearden, Jake Turpin running around after an offload. He was on the ground finishing a tackle and threw a leg out to obviously try and stop Turpin's momentum. It's like on the very low side of tripping, but 
it is still the action of doing it. And because of his carryover points, he's found guilty even of a minor offence. It will carry over uh, one game. So a, a concern there for Maroons. David Clemens facing two to three weeks on the sidelines after being charged with a careless high tackle. Tafita Funa and Sean Kepi are also facing suspensions based on that Newcastle Manly game. Uh, Sean Kepi, uh, they're both looking at one to two week bans. Funa for a crash tackle. Kepi for a dangerous contact offence that Jared and I were just talking about off air. Five players are also fined with Maroons hopefuls for Fida and Fodawaka, both eligible to play. Tyson Frizzell, Martin Tapao, Mitch Rain all receiving fines as well. Moses Leota and Ryan James are facing suspensions following a review of Saturday's mentions, both at matches, both looking at one or two week suspensions. Honestly, over the whole weekend, I found Ryan James's act the worst of the lot. To me, there's amount of uh, immediate damage he could have caused is as high as the others, but he was also in the situation where the speed of the game was taken out of it completely. Um, and his was just a pure decision to do this. And there was nothing else of the game that was influencing this. So if no one saw it, he'd made a tackle um, on Jared Warrior Hargraves. He was still kind of on top of him. He was getting off whether Hargraves said something or did something. I don't know. But James had both his knees on Hargraves' body, one towards his head, lifted up his body weight, and then dropped it all on Hargraves while he was on the ground. Um, James using his knees. It was, to me, as bad as hitting someone in the head while they're on the ground. Um, it's just literally pure decision-making. Had nothing else to do with it. So one to two weeks, I think he'd be getting off lightly. Isaiah Yo, Ryan Masson, issue with fines. Jack Hetherington, Will Hopper-White and Jordan Rapana, the same. Reese Welsh and Adam Pompey and Cowboys forward Mitchell Dunn are all facing suspensions following their Friday night matches. Lots of crasher tackles lately. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into finally the game reviews from round 12. There's been a hell of a lot going on. It's going to be a long episode, but we're also going to go over the origin changes and maybe just focus on one or two of the games on the analysis um, after this short break. Okay. Do we want to start with Origin before we look at how our tips and bets went for the weekend? Okay. So we're going to name the teams out. Yes. Yeah, so what we what we've done here, we've got obviously the net the teams that were named by New South Wales and Queensland, and then the changes we would make to those teams. Um, and we've got kind of backups, I think, for the Queensland backlines. That's where most of the injury concerns lie. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So the New South Wales squad was was pretty well easily picked, um, predicted. Sorry, there yeah, was predicted. a few obvious um, jump arounds that people were questioning. Um, so the team is Tedesco at fullback. Obviously, I don't see why that even was a question. Yeah, um, Tao and. Who's the other winger? I don't care. And then you got Travojevic and Latrell Mitchell in the halves. He put Luai at six, sticking with that combination with Cleary. Um, this Ford pack, because the back line was pretty standard other than the Luai thing, because Jack Wyden's coming up 14. Ford pack, you got 
Daniel Saifidi starting. Jack Trevojevic is wearing a number 10 jersey, which I was very, very surprised about. Yeah. Um, Damien Cooks at nine, pushing out Apisau Coruscant. I just think that um, Brad Phillips wanted that experience there. On the edge is where Adam's shaking his head so much. You've got Cam Murray and Tarek Sims with Isaiah Yo. Uh, look, the reason is that that Tarek Sims got a run was he was supposed to possibly get a run, but Tyson Frizzell got injured in Newcastle game about two hours before the team got picked and ruled him out. Cam Murray, last year, at the start of last year, got proven that he cannot play on the edge because it ruins Damian Cook because he's a quick play to ball. And that's the thing is. Um, Tarek Sims... I can only think that it's the aggression he wants. Um, he hasn't exactly been lighting up the competition, but he's there. Like I'm, I'm not overly enthused by it, but yeah, he, he, he's going to have a run. And then on the bench, as I said, Jack Wyden, Junior Paulo, Payne Haas, and who's the last one? He's got 17 jerseys. Liam Martin. Liam Martin. So... They've got Coruscant as the eighteenth man. Yeah, and um, Coruscant and Campbell Graham's on the nineteenth. Monasafidi. Um, they don't have an overly big forward pack. Um, they have a massive bench. Their bench is monstrous. Junior Paul Ho, Jack Wyden's huge. Um, Liam Martin and Payne Haas. That's that's massive. So they're starting. Before we um, go into any changes, what I, what I forgot, I've got it written down here, but I forgot to say it at the start. Um, before we did each team, I was going to go through the injuries and suspensions that players who would most likely have been picked um, weren't up for selection. So for New South Wales, you had Angus Crichton suspended, Pappenhausen injured, Frizzell injured, Zach Lomax, because he was just in the choice of last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he was an 18th man this year, injured. Cam McInnes injured, Boyd Corner injured, Luke Keary injured, Victor Radley suspended. Um, so they're like eight players that may have or would have come Fine. into consideration. Frizzell, um, Cordner, Keary, um, Pappenhausen and Radley, you'd probably put in as locks, most likely. Um, McInnes yep. and Lomax, looking at your 18th man, maybe. Um, but to me, it... it well, you finish your analysis on, on your bench and any changes you would have made, and then I'll put forward my reasoning. Well, see, yeah, I, I would have... Mine is probably Sims. I would have, with the team available, I probably would have picked what they've got. Well, um, that, that team. Um, because I just would have changed things around um, a little bit more. I don't know. I just, I think. Well, like that's said, what I, I mean. Like, like, even even the same players, would you have put them in different positions? Because that's what I've done. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I would have started Haas over yeah. that thing, moved Travojevic to lock, Murray to bench. Um, uh, probably Yo to bench as well. So that way, I, I, I prefer having a smaller bench come onto the field to create stuff than a very big yeah, right. bench coming off the field. So I would have had Murray and Yo on the bench because they can both play everywhere. Um, Travojevic and Haas could probably push for 80. 
So, and then Keith Jr. Paulo on the bench. So I would have had Safidi, Haas, Cook. Um, Safidi, Haas, Cook. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of another second rower to put in there. Over I know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I really I am know. not. Um, if Frizzell was there, he walks on. And Frizzell, and yeah, I, I would have loved Crichton to be there as well. It's really disappointing he's not. But um, maybe even Yo, second row. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I think Travojevic goes best at lock and then you rotate him up front after everyone gets tired. Put Murray on to create that havoc in the middle. Then you got Yo, who won't let you down on the edge. And you um, you got Martin replacing him. And then you've got um, who's the other second row there? Yeah, I, it's just the players they've got. I'm happy with. It's just the positioning. So I'm I'm hoping Brad Fittler does some late changes. That's all. So that's from a New South Wales supporter's point of view. So let's just put that. But while we both go for New South Wales teams, uh, Manly and, and Newcastle, Jared's a New South Wales supporter. I'm a Queensland supporter. So think of me like an untalented, too talkative Cherry Evans. Um, I saw this at squad as a Queensland supporter and went, that back line is scary. This forward pack is not. So I, out, out of the seven in the back line, I had six ticks next to who I would have picked. Um, from then on, I had crosses the whole way through from number eight through to 17. Um, not just the players, but the positions they were picked in. Um, so I'm going to throw this at Jared as the New South Wales supporter. I picked New South Wales based on what I, as a Queensland supporter, would be most fearful playing against. So I picked the team that I think would give Queensland the most trouble. So I... You're talking about how Fittler said combinations in the halves. To me, that made no sense when you then put Damian Cook at hooker and then they don't put Cam Murray at lock. So if you're talking combinations in the halves, to me, over the last few weeks, the Cook-Murray combination has the potential to be a bigger game breaker in an origin game than Luai Cleary. Luai started the season really well. The last three weeks has not been the best. Not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying it's not the style or the arena to be going into, not in the best form if you're a debutant and you're banking on the combination. So what I've done, um, I had the back line the same. I put Whiten at 5'8 um, to allow that big body to run. And Cleary to me has enough talent and he showed it in the games last year. Even when New South Wales lost, he was their best player. So he can do enough Um to take that load off and White and looked pretty good in his, his game back, even though that they went down, um, he's up for the fight. So I'd have Haas starting. I'd have Coruscant at hooker. Um, I'd have Junior Paulo starting. So that it would be a massive prop battle. Um, and when you look at the Queensland props, they New South Wales definitely gets a size advantage there. And I'd start Cam Murray at lock because to me, that's the only position on the field that he plays at an origin level at. He's completely wasted on the edge um, just based on his size, honestly. And coming off the bench, I could see the impact, but I'd prefer him just to start in his best position. So I believe for the New South Wales side, as it stands in their form, he's the best lock. Um, so both 
Origin camps have an issue. They've got so many players in one position and not enough in another. For New South Wales, they've got five or six locks and not a lot of second rowers, like whole running second rowers, like your Boyd Court and like your Frizzell. So they brought to me, that's why they brought in Tariq Sims because they don't have anyone else who's going to bend the line back. So to kind of compensate that, I brought in someone that wasn't named. I've put um, Tavita Pangai in at 11 and Isaiah Yo in at 12. Jared shaking his head. Um, I've put Tyrone Peachy at 14. Daniel Saifidi as prop on the bench. I can't believe Jared didn't put in Finucane, but I'm going to on the bench. And then Nathan Brown at 17. So I've cut Trebojevic and I've cut Liam Martin and I've cut Jerome Luai. And Damien Cook. But I brought okay. in four players to me in better form and have more chance of having an impact in the game because the the, the second row that New South Wales put in are going to get dominated by Kafusi and Fafida if um, Kafusi is able to play. Okay, so the thing about this is that in the middle for Queensland, they're going to have Fodawaka, I'm assuming... And they've also and named... to come off the bench, but anyway. Who's, who's going to be starting front row, you reckon? Well, they've got listed here, Tino and Welch. Yeah, they're not getting anywhere in it compared to the middle of New South Wales. That's South what Wales. I mean. Yeah, you... See, Jai this Arrow. is what... Jai Arrow this is what middle down easy. Well, not but easy, this is the, he'll lock it down. But you, you're not going to move in the middle. You're, you are going to have to pass the ball to get, get around to... this one. That's fine. Edge. I don't, I don't mind that because we've got the advantage on the edge. In one position, only in the second row. If we can shut down Kafusi and Fafita, you do not win anywhere in the first 20. That's the reality of it because you will not get through our middle with Travojevic and Yo and Safidi. Yeah, but I don't see Safidi cool. getting through Welch and Grant and Tino either. No, but I'm, 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 I they don't have need there. to. They don't need to get through. You, you guys just won't make, make any meters up the middle because what what Fittler has done, he is he is essentially he's got defensive players to start this game to nullify you straight away. I know. So there's going to be a stalemate. There, no one's going to go anywhere. But that's my point. In our back line, we're elite. Yeah, well, you guys are average at best. Oh no, no, I wouldn't go that far. Well, okay, we've got you, one. I'll we've got you. in our back line. We've got one weakness, in my opinion. Yeah, but compare it to us. You've got one weakness as well. Who's that? Todd. No, Lou Ike and Kate Will. To me, are the two weaknesses. Okay, yeah, but we've got Mitchell Travojevic, Tedesco. Um, we, we've we. We've got a better. We're, we're better overall, and the thing you've is, got, you guys you've got will, more strike and speed, definitely. No, but you guys will not make any meters up the middle, at all. Either will you? So that's fair. Yeah, but then we'll make meters out wide. You will not. Mm. And that's where that's what Fitler's going for. He's nullifying your go for in the first twenty minutes, using our elite talent out wide. And then he's going to bring on size to run over the top of you, because when you when you when you go to the starting squad, that's fine. But when you go to our bench, 
we've got quick, dynamic players coming off the bench. What's Wang going to play when he comes on? Anywhere. He can play anywhere. That's his point. He can play anywhere in the back line and he can play lock. Um, when our bench comes on, our bench is just, what, at least 200 kilos heavier than yours will be. I'm not worried <laughs> about Payne Haas coming off the bench because he's much better at starting. Well, see, what I've seen. I, I don't believe he's going to be doing long minutes. I believe he's going to be doing powerful minutes. I reckon he'll start um, regardless. Start. Well, he, it, it doesn't matter because, like I said, you guys will get nullified up the middle, which will cancel each other out. Our back line will run rings around you. Now, no, I, pack, I think you're overrating a little bit there. No, 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 no. Because the Queensland we, back got, line beat yours last year and it wasn't even this good. Didn't have Travojevic. Didn't have didn't Mitchell have in Holmes. the form. Didn't have Tedesco in the last game. Didn't have Ponga. Didn't, yeah, but you, you really... <laughs> see, all, all I'm saying is Brad Fittler's plan for this forward pack, which you went XXXX, is to nullify you. That's the whole idea because you're you're going to be relying on your forward pack especially because Welch, no matter how great he is, no matter how much he doesn't miss a tackle, is not going to punch a hole. Um, Thought Awake is not going to punch a hole. Oh, um, I'd say out of this both entire forward packs, Thought Awake has been the one in the best form out of anyone the last three weeks out of both sides. Uh, I wouldn't say that for Safidi on the weekend. I wouldn't say Yeah, but that, that was a one for, game. He's been pretty poor. For Isaiah Yo all year. No, um, I'd, I'd still say for have you watched his last two games since he's been starting? He's yeah, been have you Yo's been consistently good for the last 20 games. Yeah, but uh-huh. when you're talking about punching meters up the middle. But no, but see the thing is you'll be relying on Fafida and Famsui to do it. But we're, 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 we're blunting them by having Murray. That's all right. You can blunt them. If, you, if it's a straight shootout for the backs, it's going to be, to me, pretty equal because while you've got the strength and speed, both sides have got that, but both sides have got average defenders at best in certain positions in the back line. But you, you can't... I haven't seen Adekar make a tackle in two years. Um, Pong is not a great defender. Um, Cable's a great, uh, a decent defender, but he's got no speed. Um, Latrell yeah, lateral movement. is lateral, Latrell's um, a good attacking center, but again, defensively, he can get caught flat-footed, especially if you shift the ball quickly. And he hasn't played there for a while, so there's weaknesses on both sides. Okay, okay. Look, oh, what, what was game plan? Nullify you, you, you would... in the middle, swing it out wide to score points. Um, you guys, I don't think you guys have the size and speed out wide to control us, minimum. Um, and then that's why I don't bash have you up the middle. My, that's why I don't have with our replacement. Line. Okay, so with the two teams, who do you think wins? As they're written up right now? Yeah. Coin flip, because I think they can both be better, honestly. If they change positions, yes, but if... Um, up right now, it will literally come down to which of their biggest stars have the actually no, it will be whichever of their good players have their best nights. Honestly, this is that's how this. So, like when you said the consolidating through the middle, if um, Saifidi plays better than Welch, if Trebojevic plays better than Tino, 
Um, if Yao plays better than Arrow, New South Wales will win and vice versa. I think the elite stars in this setup will cancel each other out eventually throughout the game. Um, I, how it's written up here is whichever's team can get the most out of their um, good to very good players will win. I don't think it's set up for a shootout between the stars in this setup, but that's on my opinion. Well, that's just boring. Just give us a give us a prediction. Yes or no? Well, Please how I, how I have it set up, I could um, I think gives New South Wales a much better shot at winning. Honestly, well, see, I don't. Peachy, no. Um, Peachy's been Finucan, Peachy to me brings more than White, and White should be saying so. He just gives you an, a, another massive body. Um, Finucan is a clone of Travoyevich without the ball skills. You've been talking about um, for like two years that you'd never pick a side without him and then you have a chance and you don't pick him. Well, I this is not me. Trevojevic hasn't him. been playing well enough for me to pick him because his best thing is to run the ball and he's gone, he hasn't been effective in doing it. He's had one or two good games uh, all year. Look, I, I never said I'd pick the team. I just said I'd um, how I'd change the team that's currently there. Like I said, yeah. I didn't agree with Sims uh, at all. I'm, I'm not worried and like you said, Murray. You I'm can't not worried have about Sims. Murray... Travoyevich and Fanuk in the same team. That's I don't. Pe- I dropped Travoyevich, yeah, but, but you can't have Peachy there either. Why not? Because for for the whole season, you've also said that he he can't play unless he starts, and you put him on the bench. And for the Titans, he needs to be starting. But this is different. This is Origin. Nah, he's, he's everyone not that comes off the bench in Origin are starters at the club level. He's not. He's not an Origin player. Hundred huh? percent. I'm teams that if he's running around with the ball with 15 minutes to go, I'm more worried about him than I would be of Liam Martin. Well, and then you got Tavita Pangai, who you named. He's, That's where I, I should put him. Risk there. I know there's risk there. Oh, risk. Is that chance, what you call that? But there's also no there's also no one to be scared about in the New South Wales team either. Oh no. There's no one who's going to rough us up. Sims, that's why he's probably in the team. Yeah, I, look, it, it's I'm gonna not be scared even. of anyone in that team. Do you like, know what? I, I will feel so much comfortable, so much more comfortable. And I doubt he, I doubt he's not, I doubt he's going to get ruled out. But if Munster does not play, and this is what it comes down to, you guys mm. are gone. Yeah, same with Cleary not playing, but he doesn't have an injury cleared. To me, they're the yeah, two but, peaks on either side. No, I, I reckon we could survive better without Cleary than you guys could survive without Munster. True. I I reckon we could. Not not doubting Cleary's ability, just more because the people that can come in. Because right now they're saying that if Munster's out, Ponga plays six. If yeah, that happens, I, you're gone. Not what I did, but anyway. Who would you have at six instead of Munster? We'll get to Queensland. Um, okay. I can't, I honestly can't. I think when I'm looking at my bench for New South Wales, I've got size, aggression, speed, and skill. I don't know. I'm more happy with the New South Wales team that was picked there. Coruscant to me needs to be in above Cook um, to also link up with Cleary, and he's a better uh, ball distributor to me. Um, Obviously, Cook's got the running game on him, but yeah. Um, other players that are on the fringe for me, um, obviously Trevojevic. Jordan McLean's been really good for the Cowboys. He's not back to this level yet, 
but he's on his way to getting there, I believe, if he can keeps playing as he has been. Um, Ryan Madison with a few more games may come into contention in probably the third game, depending on what happens, but he's floating around. And yeah, it's pretty, oh, and I had um I actually had Stephen Crichton as my 18 other rather than um people have been talking about Matt Burton. I'd prefer Crichton over him in my team only because when you get to this level, you want to be playing as best you can in your specialist position, unless you're literally an elite talent. We talk about like that with um, Mitchell and Trebojevic. I don't believe Crichton or Burton are at that level yet. They're, they're very good, but they haven't done it for a sustained few seasons. Um, but yeah, that's why I've got Crichton in there. All right. Um, so for Queensland, so injuries, Patrick Carrigan, Lindsay Collins, um, we'd expect would have been selected in the 17. Papali suspended definitely would have been there. Maguire would have been a fringe, depending. Um, he's suspended. And Edric Lee, only because he was included last year based on injuries, but he's also injured. Have I missed anyone? No. There? So we talk about New South Wales, in my opinion, having so many locks and not a lot of second rows. Right now, Queensland reminds me of before Billy Slater established himself at fullback. Queensland had Lockyer um, transition to 5'8", but we had a bunch of fullbacks and they weren't sure who to pick. So back then it was Clinton Shaskowski, Robbie O'Davis, Matt Bowen, Reese Wesser. Because um, Billy Slater, I believe, was playing at centre on the wing at that stage before he was shifting. Yeah, so we had all and the... Carmichael Hunt too. Oh, Carmichael Hunt, thank you. That was the other one, Carmichael Hunt. Um, was coming in because Lockyer had shifted to 5-8. So there was all these fullbacks that Queensland needed centres and wings. Um, and it's pretty much the same again where Queensland's got a whole bunch of wingers but literally not a centre um, to fill a position. You're playing someone out of position unless you want to bring in... Um, the centres that I've got, I've got four of them listed here and to me they've all got question marks and the question marks are too big for me to include them. So I talked to Jared through the week. I wanted Will Kennedy to come in at centre because he wasn't listed for the New South Wales eligibility, but he wasn't listed on the Queensland eligibility either. He's not listed on either. But just going back and seeing where he was born and where he played junior, I figure he's New South Wales. So I'm not including him. So the Queensland team, as it's listed right now, Callum Ponger at fullback with Xavier Coates and Valentine Holmes on the wings, Kurt Catewell and Dane Gagai in the centres, Cam Munster and Cherry Evans in the halves, Christian Welch, Tino Thassamawale at prop with Harry Grant at hooker, Fleece Kafusi, David Fafida at second row, Jai Arrow at lock, Alexander Brimson, Jaden Sewer, Moe Fadawaka and Joe Offen Gowie on the interchange with Carl Felt as the 18th man, uh, Reed Marnie, Cohen Hess at 19 and 20. Um, Queensland named three reserves as opposed to two due to the injury clouds on Ponga, Grant and Brimson or oh, and Munster. So um, I had just as many changes to the Queensland team as I had New South Wales. But do you want to – did you go first for New South Wales or did I go first? I went first. You go. Okay. So I've got three different back lines based on players playing or not playing. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. This, you're going to hate me for this, but that's fine. 
if everyone in the Queensland squad is available for selection, I purely based my team on who I believe is in the best form right now um, and would stand the best chance against the New South Wales team that I pick right now. So I've got Holmes at fullback because he's in the best form of any of the Queensland fullbacks. Um, I've put Kyle Felt on one wing and Xavier Coates on the other wing. Um, felt the best under the high ball out of any of these backs, except for probably Dvorovic. Um, Coates and Tua would be a great matchup, completely opposite. Gay guy and literally because there is such a dearth of centres for Queensland, and I looked at the rest of the back line, there's enough strike there. I just need someone who can shut down. And while he's not as fast as he used to be, he's still got brains. Um, I've brought back the big Willie. Who? Jared? Who? Cronulla Sharks legend. Oh, Will Chambers. Jesus Christ. Um, He'll do a job for you. I'll give him that. Sorry? He'll do a job for you. Yeah, I know. And to me, he'll do a better job than Kate Will will. Um, Kate Will had a really one really good game last year, but if you actually go back, he got found out defensively so many times because one thing he doesn't have that New South Wales backline has is speed. Chambers doesn't either, really, but he has a lot more experience playing at this level in the centres and he'll make better decisions generally. So I had him as my starting centre. Munster and DCE in the halves. Christian Welch at starting prop. Fodder Waker at starting prop. Reed Marnie at starting hooker. Uh, Fleece Kafusi for feeder in the second row and Jai Arrow at lock. Um, which leaves my bench as Harry Grant at 14, Tino Fasamawali at 15, Kurt Catewell at 16, and Corey Horsburgh at 17. That would be my team right now. Corey Horsburgh is injured. Did he get injured this weekend? Yeah, he broke his wrist. Oh, crap. Yeah. Um, insert prop here. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's got a broken wrist. Whoever else you can... Oh, I really don't want to put Jared Wallace in. Um, I guess... <laughs> I guess... Hoff and Gowie? I don't know. I don't really have a backup at prop. It was another position I couldn't really find anyone that's in decent enough form. I don't want yeah. to put Arrow at prop. I hate it. I don't want to put Tino at prop. I hate it. Um I guess he could rotate on off the bench, but oh, screw it. I'll put – if Tina's going to play prop, I'd rather him come off the bench. I'll just throw Sewer on the second row on the bench then. So it's not a big bench, but it's very mobile. And for Fida or Fodawaker, Welch and Tina will just have to, I don't know, rotate. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, look. <laughs> yeah, Respect. I don't like the. Yeah, I, I left out Ponga and Brimson. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Val Holmes has been in form. Yeah. No, Val Holmes has been in form. So it, <clears throat> it is. It is dicing the fact that Ponga's had a few injuries this year, mm. but he's also won a few games from Newcastle off his back. I know. So. As an attacking option, just out of creating something out of nothing, mm-hmm. would you at least have him off the bench for that reason? I thought. I, about- I, look, all right. Look, I, I'm not saying this because I'm a Newcastle fan and I love him, but for me, Val Holmes on the wing and Ponger at fullback, or Ponger in the 17 somewhere, just is to better give attacking the ball, wise. 
yeah, just to give him the ball somewhere. And I thought about that, but then also looked at New South Wales' back line that I picked. And if they do make a um, a break or there's an early kick, whatever, I trust Holmes' defensive positioning and decision-making more than I trust um, Pongas or Brimson's, and that's why I put him there. Because yeah. he's been creating a lot from fullback, but he is a better all-round fullback, in my opinion, than the other two. He doesn't have... Neither of them have the X factor as Ponga. Um, but we talked about Reese Walsh having to come a long way in defending. Ponga still has, obviously, not as far, but he is. still has a way to go um, um, in that case. Okay. But my other two lineups have Ponga included. But this is, to me... I, I 100% know this is not how it's going to fall out, but this is what I would be putting forward. So, yeah, and I like Brimson. the read. I, I know Grant's been listed to start. I really, Grant came on the map because of his impact in Origin last year. I still think he can have that impact coming off the bench as Melbourne have showed this year, how effective it's been with Grant and Smith. Um Talking about people shutting down the middle, uh, Reed Marnie will do that as good as anybody. And I believe he's just as good a ball distributor as Grant, um, albeit he doesn't have the running and uh, playmaking and readability of the game that Grant has. Yeah. I, I Did you? Yeah, I'm not. See, your biggest problem is that None of your key players are in too much form right now. I'm like never worried about Munster's form at Origin. Well, M- Munster, Munster will, Munster's kind of player will back up. That's like, what I mean. He, I'm not he, worried he, about he, Gay Guy and he's actually in form. No, well, Ponga, Ponga, like, yeah, he's been playing well, but you picked him because he wasn't in form right now because he's been... No, I didn't pick him. No, I, I mean, like, you... They're going to pick him, but he he's coming off an injury. Munster hasn't played in a few weeks. Um, Cherry Evans, on the weekend, why you set up an amazing halfback try? Um, he got he got outdone by a rookie halfback on the weekend, in my opinion. Um, he had the wind in his back in the second half. And couldn't kick him to victory. Um, it's hard when you. And also, also he was trying so hard at the start of the season, but he's he gets released. His um, he became free flowing when Trevojevic came back on. So the fullback's got to release that pressure off Cherry Evans this game. Yeah, I'm so, not worried about Cherry at all. Well, I didn't think he would be, but that's that would be my question mark on his um, ability to keep it keep it together because he, when he feels like he's got too much to do, he doesn't play well. When he's relaxed, he plays better. Yeah. Um, and if this team can relax him, yes, that's good. But if he feels like he needs to put it on his shoulders again, like he's been yeah, doing it for family, um, yeah, months is yeah. So that that's that's my question mark there. Um, I'm just looking at the Knight Seagull stats on the weekend. In your centres, um, oh. you put Chambers and 
Jerevan scored the most fantasy points out of any player in the Night Seagulls. I, I, I see. For me, a halfback is not based on that. Yeah, no, I'm just having a look. Like, like, do you get fantasy points for Phoenix Crossland keeping you pinned down in your left hand, right hand corner, all game through his kicking game? Do you yeah, get? You get um, a four kicking game. Yeah, but the 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 you get it for four behind the kicks meters. The four behind the kick does yeah, not no, get. I know where he's at. I'm just having a look and seeing what the difference was. So that's why. Yeah, I, I just like the story. For I'm a halfback, like one game, I'm not worried about one game. I'm not worried. Cher- about no, well, Cherry no. Evans, Cherry Evans' tries just wouldn't be in his stats because he didn't throw the last pass. He'd get a line break assist, but he wouldn't get no, a no, try. No. I'm just, I'm just like, if he's a star that we're worried about form, I'm not worried about that. No, no, I'm not worried about his form. Yeah. I'm just worried about his ability to when he tries too hard, he makes mistakes. Yeah, and he's around a lot of people. He's not going to have to play. Yeah. Like, like right now, their spine. Months and realistically, what their spine is going to be is Munster, Pong, and Grant, and Cherry Evans. That's sick. Three out of those four players haven't played for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, White only came back this week as well, but that's all right. Grant, Grant, and Munster have a combo. That that's fine. Munster and DC can play together. That's fine. Um, e- either way, whatever whatever spine they go with, the Maroons are the only team going in with a tried and trusted halves combination at origin level. I'm not worried about our halves at all. I know. All right, so I said I'm not worried about the halves at all. But um, anyway, the other lineups are just in the back line. Um, Ponger at fullback, Holmes on the wing, Coates on the wing, Gay Guy and Chambers, Munster and DC. It's the only difference is they're putting Chambers in for Catewell. And then the last version is if Munster is out. Um, yeah, if Munster's out injured, I'd Holmes at fullback, Felt on the wing, Coates on the wing, Gay Guy and Chambers. So that stays the same. Brimson at 5'8, halfback, and Ponger off the bench. Oof, Brimson at 5'8. I don't, I don't mind. I like that actually. It's a big call though. I'd prefer, I just think he's a better all round. Yeah. And I'm less concerned of his defense than I am of Ponga's. Um, yep. Creativity, I believe that they're equal, but they obviously, he doesn't have the footwork and stuff that Ponga can do, like at Tedesco, where there's no gap here, but if I double step or triple step someone, I can get through and score. Um, yeah. He can do it every now. But that's, they're the three different options I've got as back lines. Um, the only stables through all that are DCE, Coates. Chambers and Gay Guy. Um, and Chambers yeah. not going to be there anyway, obviously. Um, but I just think if I'm New South Wales, I'm attacking Kate Will all night. Okay. So there was footy that we could have watched on the weekend. We're going to run through this super, super quick. Do we, because... Should we do tips beforehand or tips at the end? Tips for origin? No, no, no. The tips from the weekend. Oh, so you got six. I got six. Yeah, and total score on our footytips.com website. Six again, comp. Um, Drum Kelly got six as well. So he stay, or they stay on 77. There's five of us that got six. Um, but the leaderboard is tightening up. Uh, so Drum Kelly on 77 on top. Methodical Flamethrower dropped uh, this week due to their score of five. So they're on 76. And then there's one, two, three on 74 and one, two, three on 73. So it's tightening up there. 
on the streak, a couple of us lost our streaks based on Manly losing. So the current highest streak is four um, by paraplegics, um, which I'm guessing is Billy and a couple of others, but there's more and more people in each week, which is awesome. Um, bets wise, you lost again. Uh, you put $2 Money. on. No, sorry. Oh, no. of yeah, but you with Charlie Staines and Prime to O to score tries. Did they both? I didn't see who scored the tries in that. Uh, let's have a look. Brian Charlie Staines scored. Brian Toto did not score. Yep, so you lost Damn two it. bucks. So you're down to $4, and I had $10 on Cowboys to win at $3.76. So I won $37.60, which puts me back up to $97.60. Oh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to shout me soon. Okay, so this game this weekend, um, Thursday night, it was good. Melbourne dominated Broncos forty points to twelve. I'm gonna say it right now. I don't think we're gonna see Anthony Milford play in a Broncos jersey for the rest of the year unless there's major injuries because yeah, that like was in this Milford. Yeah, Milford was horrible. Nico Hines keeps going but he, well. He tried, at least. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, next they did. Next do you, know game. Scary, do you know what's scary about this? What? Melbourne, we're missing five of their regulars and hmm. arguably their five best players. Yeah. They were missing. And still, freakish. That's mm, scary. Nico Hines, awesome. Unfortunately, New South Wales. Otherwise, he would have been my Queensland 5 eight. <laughs> next game. <laughs> Absolute cracker. Val Holmes kicked a 40-meter field goal to win it. Cowboys won 20. No, no, he kicked a 60-meter field goal. He just happened to kick it from 40 meters out. Oh, yeah. 29-28 of the Warriors. Warriors played really well as well. Uh, You can't doubt their effort. I did, but... uh, Just to say, I did call this as an underrated game of the week before the weekend, and it lived up to it. It was a really fun game to watch. Um, Yeah, and this one... Is kind of, I think it just came down to the fact that they didn't have that finishing talent at the end um, um, yeah, to the, win the game. I, I think the thing here, also, yeah, it, I don't think it was the talent, it was the decision making. So Warriors had the ball down at the Cowboys' end um, with seven, no, three minutes something to go. They went for a burst, Reese Walsh went for a burst down the left side, didn't quite get through, but um, Cody Nicarima got the ball 15 metres out just left of the uprights and decided to kick the ball across field going for a try yeah. when he could have set himself up and put all the um, Cowboys under pressure. And then Fidel got an early ball from Holmes. He ripped it out and um, used his speed and broke through a couple of tackles and scored the try. And Val Holmes yeah. did it again. Um, and then the next game, Tigers beat Dragons 34-18. The the media is just as uh, so strange when it comes to the Tigers. So one week, Michael Maguire makes a few changes. He's a super coach. And next week, like last week, they lose, and they're you know slipping. And what's he doing? Yada yada yada. This week they win. Super coach again. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Um, just a well, side note on Dane Laurie. He was so nervous before that game with the Indigenous round and the first one they stayed in that he spewed up in the toilets before the um, game. He was that nervous. So it's nice to know that awesome. it's still getting nervous before games. Um, okay. Next game, does everyone pick? It was a lot closer than anyone could have possibly imagined. 30 points to four. Pembroke Bulldogs. Um, yeah, so... Say what you want, one of this. Pembroke didn't even get out of first gear in this one. They still won. Dylan Edwards didn't points. play due to injury, so Crichton was playing at um, fullback again, which means Momorowski came in um, straight back to his try scoring ways. Charlie Stane's getting a double. It's all the back line from Penrith in this one. Um, yeah. With regards to the point scoring, Billy Army crushed someone in a tackle. <laughs> all right, next game. South Sydney are back to premiership's favourites after they beat mm. Parramatta. Um, 38-20. Their left-hand yeah. side just dominated. Oh, that side's Parramatta's, good. The Parramatta. They reckon Blake Ferguson was going to get a run for New South Wales until his defensive frailty has got it unveiled in the last couple of weeks. Um, if Parramatta are going to be def- uh, a premiership force... Their consistency needs to improve and their defence needs to improve. So a rare um, a rare double hat-trick in this one. So Dane Gagai got a hat-trick, as did Alex Johnson. And um, the last time two Rabbitohs did that in a game um, were Dylan Walker and Greg Inglis when they were both uh, at the Rabbitohs. And Mike Acevo scored a try that I'd say only he, Brian Tuo, and... Probably Ken Mamalo, maybe, from the Warriors would have scored, where his just immense bulk and strength held him in field when he most probably shouldn't have. Um, and Latrell Mitchell did another awesome um, sideline sort of manoeuvre play, which, I don't know, I really enjoy watching him play. But Yeah. Um, next game, Canberra gets going worse from worse. Got beaten 44-16 from a very yeah. depleted Roosters squad. Um Joey Manu stepped up at 5'8 in this game, which is fantastic. We really rate that guy. He's very underrated in the team for superstars. Mm-hmm. Canberra just going to go worse to worse to worse. I really thought they're going to pull them out of this funk, pull themselves out of this funk. Sorry, but no, nah, that'd be that. Sam Williams looks like a big drop off from George Williams. Um, and Joseph Sawali scoring his first try, not. It was nothing flash. It was just in the right spot at the right time, but he put himself there. Um, very solid defensively, especially they targeted him quite a lot. Uh, he was up against, who's on that side? Sebastian Chris and who's their edge back rower? Bateman on the left. Um, yep. Handled it, I'm not going to say with ease, but very solid one-on-one. And most of his tackles in the first half were one-on-one. So he looks quite sound. Um, but yeah, his first try in the NRL, so good on him. Uh, next game, out of six going into Sunday, and then this just blew it out. Thirty-eight ten. Um, Sharks oh, over Gold Coast. Gold Coast again can't defend. It'd be a horrible game for them to play Parramatta right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sean Johnson, I do not understand why this bloke doesn't have a contract. He was the form player this time last year yeah. in the competition. And for some reason, people are doubting him. I would love Newcastle to pick him up for next year. Yeah. He would be amazing. 
But so for some reason, one year, people... one year contract man from now until the end of his career, just on injury, one year contracts, but make it um, six, seven hundred. Oh, I wouldn't. Go um, back, but um, and then two uh, hundredth game, no, two hundredth win, two hundredth game for Sean Johnson and Jamal Fogarty, the softest sin bin of the year. But well done to Wade Graham for your gamesmanship. Um, Didn't even look at him. Yeah, threw the ball into Jamal Fogarty while Jamal Fogarty was trying to get back on side. Um, you're allowed to do it. Gamesmanship by Graham got Fogarty sin bin because he was in an offside position and affected the play, supposedly. Considering uh, next game and looking at the play. Next, next game, like. game of the round. Would you like to say the score of this, Adam? Um, so this one was Knights 18 over the Seagulls 10. We've talked about... Um, a lot about the it. flow of the game already. Uh, low to the Seagulls leading up with Schuster pulling out, um, and Ben Trebojevic coming in. They mainly definitely missed the, I'd say, cre- oh, creativity second phase play that Schuster's been bringing, and um, they also definitely miss a actual 5'8", because Davida Funa came in, who's a centre slash fullback. And credit to Newcastle. Um, obviously, they knew that before the game, and they doubled up on their pressure on DCE and Trebojevic and didn't give e- either of them an inch of room, as um, a good coach would have picked out, and Newcastle executed that. Seagulls had um, chances, but rushed. Um, they did a good job getting into position. Cherry Evans' long kicking game in the second half was good, although he didn't get a 40-20. I thought we'd change the game based on one of his kicks where they went up, tackled. Tom Grabojevic made a follow-up tackle and then another one. Newcastle knocked on. Manly were on the front foot, and that was either the one where Sean Kepi knocked on or Jake Trebojevic threw a stupid pass, and I believe Crossland jumped on it. And then that that just turned it back to... um, Newcastle, that was Seagull's shot and they blew it and um, Knights grant out a deserved victory in the end. Um, Funnily enough, Kurt Mann got ruled out before this game and Newcastle attack actually looked better with Connor Watson at six. Oh, he could be a Queensland centre. Connor Watson? Kurt Mann. Oh, I I hope so. I really (laughs) hope you put him in that team. I would love that. Um, Mm. Yeah, so for Newcastle... They finally got a win. Um, some reason the pressure's off, even though they won one game, two games in six games. Two wins in look- six games. It's not off. Um, but other than that, this has been a very long podcast. It is 11 o'clock. I'm cooked. Um, you got anything else? Um, so going into the next round, which we'll look at, should be a shorter episode. So we've got the first round of buys. Um, so we'll cover that. So if you do fantasy footy, make sure you check that. There is eight teams. Yeah, eight teams on buy this round. Um, and we'll continue to be so through the origin period. So thanks for sticking with us. If you made it to the end, congratulations. Um, I'm going to sit up till midnight editing this and hoping that the first half of it did fully record because it dropped out just before this last segment. But we'll, uh, we'll see how we go and we'll be chatting to you guys on... Thursday morning after teams have been listed for this weekend and hopefully we get injury updates on origin and all that moving forward until then. Bye. There he is.
Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's Craft Beer Choice of the Week.